Welcome to episode 10 of All Things YJs. This is Itsy Steve Itzkowitz from the Dollar 85. With me, two good old friends of mine from the Dollar 89, Josh Green, and from Dollar 90, Mark Davidson, who is actually one of my campers, and we'll get into that stuff in a little while. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Yeah, excellent to be catching up with both you guys. Thanks, Steve. Great. Are you are you and deep you got- in the hills currently? Are you in no, a hill? I am uh, some sort of hill, but it's not the deep one. Uh, and we'll talk about these guys. Are, are have a great podcast that we'll talk about uh, as well uh, here in the coming moments. But first, let's start off like I like uh, always want to know: How did you get to CYJ? We'll start with Josh. Josh, how did the Greens get to YJ? It was a coordinated Sharon, Massachusetts-led effort. I, I do think that the parents, uh, the, the Stitch family, the, the Dane family, and the Green family all came together, and we were going to choose a summer camp, and we did the full tour, uh, went to Tevia, went to Telnor, and went to YJ, and it was unanimous. So uh, all three of us wound up going there. Uh, ben Stitch and Jeff Dane wound up going there a year before me, so they were 83, Okay. As you know, as you know, it's yeah, it was a bit of a bedwetter. So I did have oh. to wait that extra oh. year to just get the body to an optimal level to be able to enjoy summer camp. I, mean, I forgot that fun fact. Thanks for reminding our, our audience of that, Josh. I'm sure many of them had uh, the similar experience, unfortunately. <laughs> and Mark, Mark, and I, I love the Westfield, uh, New Jersey connection. But if you, I, and I know the story, but if you can fill in our listeners, go for it. So, so technically, uh, I was going to say I got to camp via the Fort Lee bus. But before that, um, Rabbi Kroloff of Temple Emmanuel in Westfield, New Jersey, organized an effort um, of teenagers to embark on YJ. And I was towards the end of the pack, uh, Davidson number five, um, and ended up on that Fort Lee bus because my cousins went to camp, my brother went to camp, Jason Feldman went to camp, and... In 1984, my parents put me on that bus, and I went to camp. And those cousins, Mark's mentioning, are Amy and Jackie Davidson of Dollar 83, Michelle Davidson of the Dollar 85, and his brother John Davidson of Dollar 87. And now, what what I like to, I just wrote this in the in the YJ um, alumni newsletter, is that that lineage still is alive with uh, here in 2021. With Isaac Lombardo, that's Amy's son, and uh, Ar- Ar- Arlo, Ari Lombardo, has been around the last couple of years. And Jack Davidson, Mark, your your second cousin's uh, slated to make his first appearance at YJ this summer. Yeah, I, I was so excited when Amy decided to send the boys and as well uh, Michelle sending her son, Jack. I've been lucky enough to, even living in Pittsburgh, get a chance to meet those guys and spend some time with them. And uh, it's cool to have that connection still running through the Davidsons. That's great. So you guys actually started the same year, 1984, and even though you're you're apart, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think we, we we kept each other at a healthy competitive distance for those first few years. Yeah, and well, you were say, social distancing. Was, was Mark. <laughs> Mark is a very very menacing guy. Yeah, so he gave me the stink eye for most of those first few years. But yeah, I do. Th- we did uh, start together. Yeah, that's so crazy. I was in, uh, for those who care, I was in Upper Gimble that summer, which was my <laughs> honestly favorite summer as a camper. Not that I didn't like Dollar Summer, but there was something special about Upper Gimble. Uh, the fact that we lived in a, uh, uh, the one by the, the bunk by the head tunk. Uh, second month, we were forced, actually forced to move the whole entire bunk. 
uh, on changeover day. But anyway, that was one of my favorite memories. You guys tell me what it was like being a camper in 1984, 1985, 1986, and therefore, and so on. I felt really lucky. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, for me, it was an extension of home. You know, I had Amy, Jackie, Michelle, um, our very dear close family friend, Jason Feldman, who's Josh's year. Um, you know, my brother, it, it, it was, uh, it, it was an extension of home just without my parents. Um, uh, but going to camp in the eighties, just, uh, just kind of eyes wide open and just taking it all in and, and really, you know, providing this like experience that I was like, Oh, I want to do this again next summer. I want to do this again. And, uh, continued. And then once all my cousins started to move on, you know, forging my own friendships and, having counselors like you, it's, and, and meeting guys like Josh who are like-minded and now having friends forever. That's great. How about you, Josh? Yeah, that certainly hit me uh, from, from the first experience. Uh, definitely a healthy dose of feeling liberated and, and terrified at the same time, I think for those first couple of years, but, but usually coming out of the right side of that mix and always wanting to come back. But the friendships, yeah, really did form from that first year when you look back at it. And the counselors are influential. I remember uh, Jeremy Steinfink of, of the, the famous Steinfink brothers. Uh, he, he was a real influential first counselor of mine. I remember he was a CA, uh, I believe, my first year. Um, you know, one thing that stands out, and it, it's probably the same for you, Steve, every year, it did feel like that the facilities were in a state of constant upgrade and flux. You kind of knew things that weren't great and they were getting fixed so I remember each year looking forward to the thing that would be better the following year, the Judaica cabin, the food being better, the waterfront being improved, and eventually the new dining hall. So all those things, it felt like they were constantly being upgraded, but maybe that's what happens every year. It seemed like to me in the 80s is that there was a lot of families there. Yeah. Like, and I know you've gotten into that in your newsletters. And I know, you know, just even just thinking about, you know, uh, you know, the three of us on the, on the, on, you know, in this interview or podcast had at least one sibling, you know, on site. Well, that's true. That's true. Josh, you had your brother, Dave, what, what year did he start? I believe he started 86. So we shipped him out of the home as soon as we could. Yeah. I think that yeah, was the that parent was, yeah. MO there. That was the MO on, uh, we called him uh, Skipper first and first. He reminded me of the Skipper from uh, Gilligan's Island when he was a camper. He'll kill me for that, but you know that's all in love. And then, then Jackie too, uh, Jackie Rick. Yep, yeah, Jackie uh, started probably the same year. Uh, so she's two years younger than me, and Dave is four years younger than me. But I think we sort of all just uh, mesh around that same time. Wait, so that we'll get into that in just a minute um, about WCYJ because that's a big part of all three of us our our YJ career back then. Um, but you guys both went to Israel as campers with CYJ, what was that like? And I'll start with Josh because you went first. <laughs> with Andrea <laughs> That's true. I'm going to win all these yeah. chronological uh, orders. Yeah. Here. yeah. Right. I got to keep some sort of, some sort of uh, control here. Right. Right. Um, absolutely transformative. Uh, one of the best experiences of my life. I think it changed everything, even from my perspective on, on YJ. You know, I, I, I thought I knew what my first few year few years were there my first few years there as a camper, I thought I knew what it was like. And then Israel unlocked this whole other part of it. So 
you know, hard to imagine. I mean, you can't really replicate that experience anywhere else, but just the, the, the friendships and to, to be that close to people when you're 16 years old and to have that kind of, you know, world open up to you. Incredible. So that, that really fueled the second half of my YG experience as a counselor that all stemmed from, from Israel and just, um, you know, with uh, Rick Brenner and Andrea Malkin as, as my, as my leaders, um, guys who I had known pretty well, like, you know, like, like Jay Rosenthal, Brian Levitt, uh, Josh Sternlich. When we got to Israel, just everything clicked and, and they became people that I look forward to hearing about and seeing every, every chance I get, but absolutely transformative. That's great. How about you, Mark? And then we'll, we'll backtrack to Dalit right after this. I, I mean, for me, I didn't realize it at the time. It was just laying this base for what would be a huge part of my life, you know, post YJ. Um, I've now been lucky enough to go to Israel a number of times. And one of the main reasons being that I have family that lives there. And I, the first time I visited host my Ghana experience, there were still certain things that I just recalled from that summer, j- just because of how memorable of experience it was. And it just felt good going there again as an adult, knowing that I had had this experience as a teenager. And then just to echo what Josh said, some of the relationships of, uh, you know, the people who I went to Israel with, you know, are people who I still speak to regularly. And the, the other part of it, again, I think for me with YJ and how important family is, it goes back to some of the other names that have already been mentioned. So my leaders were Mara Rosenthal, Jay's older sister, and uh, and John Brooks, David Brooks's older brother, which would then be a good tie-in back to my dollar year. Yeah, I mean, you just you just took my uh, intro from <laughs> that was a great segue, Mark. So take it back to there. So Dave Brooks and and myself and Eric Bykovsky were your Dodd counselors, and Ed Gordon too. Don't forget about Easy Ed Gordon. And we had Ed, but Bico uh, Brooksy and I had you guys for two years. And eighty nine to ninety, uh, I had you. You know, I had you guys. Very fortunate to have four years, and I've forged some great relationships with you guys over the years, and I'm in touch with so many great guys from that year. But what? And, and then we'll get to Dollar eighty nine right after that. But let's talk a little about Dollar ninety and the, and the great girls who were part of it, and with Danielle Sheriff, Stacey Mulcahy, Michelle Prevoy. You know, uh, just wonderful people. Mark, talk a bit about that if you don't if you don't mind. Sure, I, I think you. Again, looking back at it, you know, with, with the lens, it was amazing to have not only the same counselors, but we, had, we were in the same cabin for two summers in a row between Upper Gimmel and Dalid. And you guys just had the right mix of, of uh, being able to keep us in line, yet ensuring that we had a really good summer. And, and I think, you know, it was, it was just something that, you know, lent itself to it, you know, that there was, you know, definitely, um, you know, some really fun, uh, people, you know, just really fun people who were part of that Dalid and, uh, amazing that I ended up in college, my freshman year, I believe there was five of us from that Dalid as freshmen at George Washington university. And, and including, but not, he was not one of the five, but the president at, 
of that time at that time <laughs> right. of GW was Steve Trachtenberg, whose son Adam was also in the bunk. Adam Trachtenberg, uh, dollar ninety. But Josh, your your Mark, we'll come back to you in a second. Yeah. Josh, your experience is a little different because you were you guys always had the split bunks. You guys weren't always together, correct? We did. We we, we were the aberrational dollar. Um, want to go back? Want to go back one moment? I want to go full circle sure. on on, on Gadna. So. Uh, you know, Mark had some great stories, and I was just remembering for myself that so went there as ninety as a camper. But my next trip to Israel, I was there in the summer of ninety six, where that trip was led by Brian Levitt, so my Godna mate in ninety, and I met him and his his now wife, who was also a leader, uh, met them for beers in a lot one night, and that was just incredible to embrace that to think that even at twenty two years old we could do that and kind of rekindle this experience, but uh, had some really cool uh, God now moments there. And then to, to visit the scenes of the crime afterwards, was, that, that was pretty awesome. Oh, that's um, great. I love that. So yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I would love maybe a historical perspective on what happened at our Dalad. So we were in two bunks for that Dalad year. And that did kind of define our age group where we, it, it, it did always feel like there was, and a little bit of a separation between the two the the two bunks um going th- you know through our, our growth through yj and i i feel like i was always in the non-cool bunk um so <laughs> not sure how that happened every year um but yeah but those, so con- Dal- those conversations never happened josh they never exactly, yeah, they no, right, talk about. exactly yeah. right all my imagination yeah. but um, that, that anxiety that was all made up <laughs> we had the split bunk um and all the memorable counters i feel like were in the other bunk too um we had eight Maccabi cap teams that year, right? So. Yeah, so that's good. That's a great. Well, let's talk about the counselors first. Okay, so in this in the other bunk, which was like Sternlicht and Green, uh, Jay and Brian, yeah, is the, yeah, Jay, uh, right? So, so they powerhouse. what's that? Powerhouse, Ruback, yeah, powerhouse. powerhouse bunk, and they get Dano, right? Yes. Dano and Ratner, and you know, so like two huge uh, uh, personalities, you know, and, and Adam Mercy was a third great guy for my dog. You know, you connect with people your own age, you connect with certain counselors, but there's also, you connect with people who weren't even in your bunk or other counselors who you may have sat at their table or, you know, had, uh, athletics with or waterfront with, and you just hit it off. And, that, and that's the beauty part about camp. And especially, you know, and we'll talk about being on staff, especially when you get to staff. Now you're friends with people, a couple years younger, a couple people, a couple years older, but in the long run, it doesn't matter because you're all at camp around the same era. You know what I mean? That was one of the things I, I still talk about it, you know, when camp conversations come up with some of my friends who had their own experiences that you didn't sit with your bunk at meals. And what that allowed you to do was, like you said, it was meet people who were older than you, meet people who were younger than you and forge friendship with, with those folks as well. Totally, totally. And still, and still, you know, to this day, 20, 2021, you know, it's weird that like my camp career started 40 years ago. And I remember stuff from 40 years ago that I, I can't t- tell you stuff that happened last week. You know, because that's, that's I, 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 I remember, I remember one of my first meals at YJ. At exactly what you're saying, Mark, just you're, you're with, with strangers, never spoke to these people before. And my table counselor, uh, there was an extra grilled cheese sandwich, and he took it himself and didn't offer it to anybody else. That's <laughs> that fantastic. Was, was mortifying. <laughs> Life lesson right there. What kind of Hunger Wars environment did I sign up for here? Like, we, we, yeah, get me out of here. But I, I remember those things. Uh, but but yeah, it's it, it's funny how those uh, experiences and memories are formed from your, your your table assignments. I know it's crazy like that. Josh, you mentioned uh, Maccabi. Uh, so 1989. 
the it was in the old dining hall. It bra- I was on my day off, and this is just from you know secondhand news. Basically, all I know is Babe Babe Levine, our our president at the time, was in the kitchen clanging pots and making a whole ruckus. And the people kind of knew, I guess, that Maccabi oil broke. But you guys had eight teams. Yeah. How what, what 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 number? Do you remember what what captain you were announced? You were the first guy announced, last guy, Mar- uh, Josh. <laughs> Remember? I don't remember what number. So I was I was light blue, a dono lump. Okay. So, so already I probably the first light, the first and only light blue captain. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, uh, there was like light blue, blue, and purple. Exactly. Right. It's like very confusing. It was very it was very confusing. Yeah, we would we would mix and match depending on our on our skill sets. But yeah, I, Mark, I remember you, Mark, do you remember what team you were on? Yes, Kim that Goldberg year? and I, Lachaim, the Red Team. Oh, that was your when you were captain, but you were during Josh's Maccabi. Do you remember what team you were on? Ooh, no, that that one's escaping Ooh. me. That's ah, controversy. Controversy. I was. I happened to be with uh, Danielle Godlin and Stewie Wexler on the blue team. Go oh, blue. Stu, Stewie's and again, wonderful family. Like shout out to Stu and the, and the Wexler clan, by the way. Oh my god! A little shout out to Stu Wexler and the Pike. We already mentioned David Ratner, but they uh, they're all in the same Pike fraternity at, down at Emory. It was Stewie, Jay Rosenthal, who jo- Josh mentioned, Craig Mulcahy, Todd Gates, Ari Wolf, who was a, a broadcaster uh, on the NFL Network, and uh, was only with us for one season. And David Ratner. I mean, what a loaded fraternity that was. <laughs> so, Mark Maccabi, nineteen ninety. I believe we we had six different cars come down different color cars come yes, down during, that sounds right uh, yeah, yeah, yeah during uh lineup i believe i believe I, unfortunately i was shirtless uh to scare all the children that's, that's my memory but uh, i was uh I, what was do you remember anything from that break or maccabi i remember um that there was a, I guess like a, a captain's run like from yeah. the waterfront sure to yeah. like the tennis courts and uh, Greeny, you own that. Greeny, you own no, that. No, you know, so I was caught. I was caught from behind. Uh, they had a ringer. So usually the captains run, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this on Izzy and say that Izzy pulled out. And he's, some. He's, yeah, because he's not an athlete. <laughs> so somehow. Um, <laughs> he admits Mar- it. Somehow Mark Meltzer, who had become like this, like this track and field oh, yeah. god in like high school, he got he got the baton. So he he joined us and he caught me from behind right before the, the finish line and uh, devastating. Is is, oh, is that god. how the feud began, Josh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Greens Great and Meltzer have Mark. never been on the same page again. Yeah, the, the Green <laughs> Meltzer feud goes back, you know, centuries centuries but you know the funny thing is you know and this let me jump ahead of here josh you were you were assistant head in 94 or 95 94 94 so and paul was paul Meltzer was the assistant head with eric pell in 93 so look the Meltzers got to the area before you even though he's a couple years older than you that's right we we eventually shared the same bed (laughs) that's that's nice that's really that's the way that's where all peace should happen right in fact my last podcast was with eric pell and robin greenberg a fabulous fabulous time that's awesome and what was it like working with eric who's you know kind of 20 25 years your senior at that point right well i I wish i wasn't just a stupid 20 year old and, and got to appreciate what i now understand of what a great guy he is uh i i knew it at an intellectual level but we obviously didn't have as much in common with that age difference. And I didn't spend enough time really getting to know him. Um, he was great, uh, extremely gracious. He did take the big room and left me with a, with a smaller accommodations, but uh, I, I, 
I had no legs to stand on there. Uh, but, but, you know, I think his, his demeanor, um, just, you know, understanding, playing the seeds of how to be a leader, uh, all that really came from him and, and got to see that in action. Uh, had a real way with, with the campers, which is most important. You know, I, I felt like I was always, you know, the, the counselors were my, were my immediate peers. Those were my best friends. So I was always stuck between being a peer or being right. in the administrative position. But I think Eric was just had an incredible touch with the campers. And uh, I think that's what, that's what I remember the most. Yeah, that's almost sometimes by design to have a younger um, assistant head, co-head or whatever, who's closer in age to the staff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and sometimes it works, you know, and everything's not perfect, but sometimes that's by design. Ideally, you have your area heads are 35 and older, but again, sometimes you have to play the the, the cards that you're dealt like that. But let, let's let's just turn it back a couple of years. You both were, uh, Mark, you actually, your first year on staff was Charles's, Charles Rotman's last year as director, correct? Correct. And Josh, you were second year staff. So that transition year, did you guys, you know, what was your, what was that summer like for you guys? If you can remember anything from that to put you on the spot. I think that for me, that was, you know, it elevated like my experience at camp, you know, I had had so much fun as a camper and I didn't realize that it could be just as much fun as a staff member. Um, and, and I think that's really where, you know, I, my relationships with people like Josh and Brian Levitt and, um, Amy Weinberg Abrams and some folks that who I've just became friends with on staff. Um, like it just, you know, continued, you know, uh, I was able to meet those people and become and become dear friends with, uh, you know, with, with those people. And it was simply just from being in the trenches and experiencing the, experiencing the highs and lows of being a staff member. It was I, I had no idea what to expect. And uh, it, it was great. I didn't think it would be possibly better than being a camper. And, it, and at some points, I think it was. Do you remember some of your co-counselors that first year or two? I had. um Definitely, um, at one point, Avi Smith Rappenport and I were co-counselors. Solid. Yeah. And uh, Joel Schulman and I were co-counselors. Joel, Joel Schulman, the dollar 87. Yeah. Yeah. And that, those are the two that, uh, and, and I think that was another thing that, you know, um, you were starting to talk about. It was just being able to learn from people because everyone had varying degrees of experience with kids and, 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 and how to deal with certain issues. So it was, it was cool to see like now again, with hindsight, how staffs and bunks were put together in terms of personalities. And it makes so much more sense to me now when I, when I think about, you know, some of the people who I was co-counselors with. How about you, Josh? Do you have any memorable co-counselors from that era? Yeah, so uh, I remember Jeremy Levine was my co-counselor my, my CA year. Yeah, that's that's the lottery winner there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who else was who was the third the third man in for for that bunk, but uh, Jeremy was great. Um, I think what you know what's interesting for me in, in part of your question, and I don't know if you were asking it directly was 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 the you know was the Charles Rotman Ken Cornreich a transition? Yeah, um, yeah, I just remember that. Um, you know, Charles had really like defined the camp experience up until then, right? It was just was like he was the, as you would expect, just the the face of the camp and, and the 
the the leading figure, uh, and then to just have Ken take that role. It was really exciting to be part of that transition and just to uh, experience both you know that from both sides. So it was great to spend a year uh, on the staff with with Charles Stills, director. But uh, you know when Ken came in, it was it was also a sense that um, you did build a, a rapport with him from at a sense from adult to adult, and and that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, he he definitely brought a whole. And at that time, it was it was the change was needed. You know, not that camp was stale, but it just needed some new life, and that's what uh, Ken definitely brought into it. And that continues today, along with Marcy and and the, and the team bringing it every day. You know, uh, here in this also uh, kind of a different look for this summer coming up, but we're gonna you know, we're gonna pull it off. Uh, camp, which is you know everyone. The bottom line, hey, you're at CYJ. I think that's the most important thing for people. So. Let's talk about you guys have just launched a podcast. Uh, would you like to explain said pro, uh, said uh, podcast and talk about some of those great guests you've had on so far? Yeah, Mark it's Josh. it's it's been an awesome journey, and you know, again, uh, I, I love the fact that the three, three of us can talk about this. This because you were such an influential influential peer in exploring the audio medium. So uh, Mark and I are about to launch season two of our podcast called Take a 20. And the idea stem from, you know, kind of like what we're doing here. When you take that trip down memory lane and think back to things that happened 10, 15, 20 years ago, we focused on this 20-year time horizon. So we look at events that happened 20 years ago from today or from the current year that, that we're, we're broadcasting the podcast. And we just re-examine them. So usually it's it's sports, music, culture. We isolate a moment in time and, and then discuss it through a modern lens. And we share our own memories of that time and then try to have a guest on to give that, that current spin to it and, and remind us what we didn't know then, what we do know now, and, and how we can... Uh, just uh, learn from that moment in time and, and and apply it to today. So it's been great. We've had um, you know tough guy Sean Thornton, a former Bruin and Stanley Cup champion. He uh, he rattled our cages a little bit, and we talked about oh, yeah, uh, guy. <laughs> awesome awesome guy. Um, you know we, that episode was about diversity in the NHL, and we we looked at what diversity was like in the year two thousand, and then some things that are happening in the league today. And with Sean, who's now one of the top guys running the Florida Panthers, what his team is doing to advance DEI. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, and, and Mark, uh, you know, obviously we've had uh, a lot of memorable moments in, in season one already. Yeah. Some, another guest that I, that I think uh, is appropriate here is um, we had Tamir Goodman, uh, the Jewish Jordan from the 1999 sports illustrated issue, uh, you know, former professional basketball player in Israel. Um, he was able to come on and talk about, you know, what it was like going through getting recruited and playing college ball with that spotlight on him, uh, you know, at the time. And, uh, you know, we had Jonathan Mayo, who's a senior writer from MLB.com and the author of Facing Clemens. Um, he came out and talked about the Subway series from the year 2000, Mets Yankees. Uh, oh, that's so cool. And, and uh, you know, we, we've really, you know, you know, have a, a really fun time you know, thinking of the subject matter and then taking deep, deep dives into, you know, into the subjects and then, you know, taking it from there and, and getting some great insight from uh, a guest and doing some research into every episode and, you know, really excited about launching season two and, and, uh, and for people to check it out. You know. 
No, it's great. No, I've listened to a few and they're, and they're great. So, you, you know, uh, Josh, you mentioned earlier about start getting your starts uh, basically audio wise, but we're, let's talk about WCYJ. We only got a few more, a few minutes left here, but uh, for, Josh, you took over for me, I believe as, as the head, correct? Like a 91 ish, 90, I, I guess so. 91 or 92. Um, 92. You were in Israel in 91. So, right. No, no, you're CA 91. So, maybe, maybe I was under your wing for a little bit in 91, but uh, you, you handed yeah. me the keys. You handed me the finest collection of 1987 CDs. That, uh, which, what's my favorite one? Well, well yeah. Uh, obviously, you, you rickrolled me. You were, the first, you were the first one to rickroll me. You did Rick uh, Astley. I, Rick Astley, but I was thinking more of Stevie Winwood's role with it. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I just associate you with Rick Astley all the time. But yeah, yeah that's that's good. And, hey, Mark, what was your handle on WCYJ? Forty five King. Forty five King. And Josh, you were the I was the love child. Love child, right. I was I was uh Danny Magic or uh, sometimes Professor E Y E, Professor and, I. Mark and I have remarked about this a few times, but like the the weight that we put on putting together that set list each night we would sit in the, in the bunk in the alcove agonizing over what six songs we would play <laughs> in that 40 minute like cleanup set you know and it, it meant a right. lot it meant everything oh totally you know and also like when you had like people do uh like jingles or commercials and stuff and you play it some of that stuff worked and it was great and and i give you know the founders of wcyj david Sternlich, noah zidell danny weinberg those guys all the credit because when i came up uh, when i was a ca they were people had I came up late that summer, but people had been recording promos and I'm like, oh, what a great idea. Like, hey, come to Arts and Crafts, period four. You know, the wood is on or whatever, you know, fire up the kiln, you know, whatever it was. Um, and I thought it was, that was oh, that's a great idea. Promote other parts of camp via, via the radio station. Good stuff. Good stuff. When, and uh, like, uh, last couple of things here. Any memorable evening activities for you guys that you remember? Easily my favorite. And I, and I thankfully by the younger generation reminded of it occasionally is we was right around the time that MTV was doing their unplugged series. And we did YJ unplugged, I believe the summer of 93 that, uh, that just, um, I think, uh, the tape is still circulating around. uh, Yes. Yes. Who, who performed then for the unplugged? There was a, Sternlich David Rubenstein, if I got the last name correct. Yeah. Is that a little do like extreme, a little more than words? I feel like that would be <laughs> Yes. Like there a was, duet, real real nice, yeah. That's was, awesome. Um Andrew Gould on a on a piano uh to to do some interludes while we like while we did like set changes. Great, uh, great call. Good big big time uh, music producer there, Andy Gould. He was oh, in a, a podcast podcast and, guest and, of ours last season. Yeah. Oh. I'll have to check that one out. Great guy. I like Andy a lot. He was awesome. Anyway, on that note, gentlemen, uh, guests appearing on All Things YJ, you know, you get to go first during the next picnic lunch. Uh, <laughs> you get your choice of hamburger or hot dog at the cookout. But more importantly, I can get you some uh, Snickers on the on the old black market from my uh, canteen. <laughs> Love it. Is, is it yeah. still is it still a two candy bar limit per canteen Listen, order? Yes, and and I'm glad they put that limit on. <laughs> Uh, it's a great thing. Now, if, you know, if only you had the keys to the the canteen. Oh, I could tell you some stories. <laughs> Together forever.